Hey, Pioneers! Welcome to episode number 326. Today's episode is really a fun one where we are looking at the homestead community as well as some of the problems that a lot of people when they get into homesteading I want to say not even just beginners, but especially when you are beginning your homestead journey. But then even later down the path, what we call, or I should say, what the person I'm interviewing in this episode calls the homestead conundrum. And for a lot of people, that means creating a profit from the homestead. And the way that we talk about it, I'm actually really excited about because oftentimes I feel like it's a little bit overlooked within the homesteading community and also oftentimes the advice of we'll just save more money or be more frugal actually isn't the answer or it's not the correct answer. I'm actually really, really passionate and excited about today's episode. We are going to be talking about, now some of you may have already be aware of this project or you might have already seen it, but I'm assuming that a lot of you haven't because I it just now crossed my radar just a couple of months ago. And that's when I actually reached out to Carrie and asked her to come on the podcast and you're going to hear about in this episode. But it's called The Homestead Documentary. And what I love about it, and you're going to learn a lot more shortly in this episode though, is it's a solution that a lot of homesteaders or those of us who are living this lifestyle and or want to live this lifestyle really face. And one is when you have a homestead, it's harder to travel if you have a lot, a lot of livestock. Now, it can be done. We do still travel, but it does, it does put a limitation on that. And the reason that that's a limitation is it's harder for you to get together with other homesteaders in person. And secondly, a lot of times, even if you live in a rural area, there aren't a lot of people who are actually homesteading around you in, I hate to use the term real life, let's say physical life, your physical proximity. Because there's a lot of people who are gardening and gardening is an aspect of homesteading. But there's a lot of people who do different elements of the homestead lifestyle. So you'll have some people who are raising livestock or raising their own beef, but they don't have a garden. They don't can, uh, they're not focused on a lot of the aspects that come under the umbrella of living a homestead life, because it's not just being a gardener, though it's part of that. It's not just having livestock, though it's a part of that. It's not just using herbs as natural medicine. It's not just eating whole foods or as a least amount of processing as possible. It's not just about building up your food supply. And so it's sometimes really hard to find people who understand this lifestyle and to share ideas with and see different ways that people are doing things and also to feel connected in real life or and or physical proximity. And so that is where this homestead documentary comes in. And so I am super thrilled to share this interview with you, shed some light on this project, and also talk about some of these very uh, real needs that those of us who are homesteading do encounter. And it's not always necessarily needs that we think about. It's not like, oh, how do I preserve XYZ? But it is still needs within this lifestyle. So welcome to the Pioneering Today podcast. I am your host, Melissa K. Norris. I'm a fifth generation homesteader, and it's my goal to help people live a healthy and self-sufficient life using simple, modern homesteading. I help literally hundreds of thousands of people every single month. And I am so honored and thrilled that you are here. And it is my hope that you will feel inspired and find help 
on your way to building your modern homestead. So without further ado, we are diving in to this episode. Carrie, welcome so much to the Pioneering Today podcast. Thanks for having me so much, Melissa. I'm really excited to be here. I am very excited to talk with you. And I have to say, I'm sure you get this a lot, but I'm just thrilled to get to listen to your accent because it is so musical to the ears. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, I have had it a little bit, but I, I tend to forget that, you know, because everybody around me has this um, amazing U.S. accent. And I, I think I start to pick up words here and there. My children correct me. You know, I'm not allowed to say bin, it's trash can or you know, pavement, it's sidewalk and the, because of course they're in the American school system. So thank you for that. It, it makes me feel welcome. <laughs> oh, good. And that, yes, my, ch- I think that is a child mother thing, even though I don't have, you know, an international accent, my kids still tell me all the time that I mispronounce things. So maybe that's just part of the relationship <laughs> with our children. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I'm sure it is. Um, but I'm, I'm really excited today to dive because I just happened to come across it on social media and was very intrigued. And I'm, I know in most cases, if I am intrigued, then my listeners will also be intrigued. So what is the Homestead Documentary Project? Well, thank you for asking. I, um, I'm glad that you're intrigued because that sort of indicates to us that we're doing something right. Um, Well, on one level, the documentary is basically telling grassroots stories of homesteaders. So sharing um, other people's stories about how they homestead and how they got started and how they're making it work. Um, I really get interested and like to um, document what people are producing and how it provides for them um, and how they actually make a profit from what they're doing. Um, and, And in some cases, that might be direct income and in other cases, It might just be providing for their family, putting food on the table or uh, providing in indirect ways. So there are many people pursuing this life of self-sufficiency. And I think there's others wanting to see how it's done and and how they got started. They're certainly the questions that I wanted to ask um, when when we got started. But one of the problems that I found um, was that I didn't know where to look to find the people that I wanted to learn from. And um, I think that um, that has been evident because many of the new homesteaders who have found the Homestead Documentary Project have said um, that they have enjoyed the fact that it's introduced them to a lot of different homesteaders and then given them lots of different ideas for their own homesteads. Yeah. And what I find fascinating that is, is I'm in agreement too, is because I always say homesteading is a state of mind. And for people who are moving into the homesteading lifestyle, and even those of us who have been in it for a while, we all do have pretty much the same goals of being able to raise our own food, to provide clean, good food for our families, to be Mm -hmm. more self-sufficient in in all of the ways that we're able to. And so while we all have that common goal, we actually all come about it differently in a, right. in a lot of aspects because we're in obviously different geological or you know geographic locations we have different climates there's you know different acreages there's suburban there's there's even you know there's apartment homesteaders there's large rural you know all of that and though we all have this common goal we've all figured out because we're at different points in our life and all those circumstances that people can will come at it at different angles right but 
But what's fascinating is what you're, I'm sure you're experiencing too, is we can all learn something from one another and bring that home and then improve it or try different things and see what works for us and what doesn't. But if we're not exposed to different people who are living this lifestyle, but in different aspects, uh, sometimes you don't even know, like you'll see, you know, you'll see an idea and you're like, oh my gosh, like that's so smart. How did I not think of that on my own? And then you go and implement it. And so anyway, so I, I love that you're coming at it from just all, you know, all different people, but we all have that commonality goal, which is homesteading and self-sufficiency. Right. Right. So have you been um, in the homesteading lifestyle for a while or what inspired doing the documentary? Because that's a, a documentary is a huge project. And how many seasons are you guys in right now? Or have you done? Right. right. Well, we're actually in the second season and, and I've, um, I've been talking with people about season three. So um, the backstory is really <laughs> based out of a, uh, a need that I had. Uh, well, sort of two needs, um, essentially. Um, we've been homesteading now for two years and we relocated from the UK. So um, my husband's heartland is here in, in the Midwest. Um, and we were, we'd, we'd been in the Middle East. We traveled around quite a lot. Um, and we were living in the UK. We, we relocated to the USA. And I found myself very quickly out of my depth in the middle of nowhere really um and i was then my husband was off to work and gone sort of 10 hours a day leaving me to sort of manage the home alone um, and it was pretty overwhelming um and so first of all i wanted to reach out to connect with others and see what they were doing and how they were doing it and basically how they were surviving um and my my problem was is that where we live we're surrounded by a lot of big farms so they're not necessarily um, homesteading in the sense that they're not producing to um, live self-sustainably. They're more um, coming at uh, farming from the perspective of their uh, commercial farmers and they're farming for uh, an income, mm-hmm. um, you know, and that's sort of uh, self-reciprocating. Um, but for us, it was more about how can we support ourselves and provide, you know, our own food for the freezer um, and grow our own vegetables. So there was that aspect. Um, I wasn't able to find people locally who I could learn from. So I was like, well, I, I need to find someone um, online. And um, the other thing is that I'm an extrovert. I need, <laughs> I need conversation. <laughs> I need to talk to people. Um, and the other thing about moving here is that we're in a very small community. Um, so it, it was really serving a purpose, a, a need that I had. Um, and that was kind of how it, how it started because I started to connect with people. They started to tell me stories and then you get invested in relationships. Um, and it just sort of evolved from there. It's interesting. And you and I were actually chatting about this a little bit before we started. And even though we live quite rurally and you live rurally too, we've experienced that as well, that we have peace, people around us who are different doing what you would call homesteading. Mm-hmm. So we have people who are, like you said, farming and doing commercial farming, or we have people who are raising their own beef or their own cattle for beef, I should say, beef cattle, Mm -hmm. um, but they might not be actually gardening or then preserving the food and whatnot. So Mm -hmm. in those aspects, like I can go to, you know, people who are raising cattle, which is great that we've got that aspect, but that's only one part of the homestead. And so finding someone and people who are actually living the complete lifestyle 
mm-hmm. is is very difficult, especially I think if you live rurally, you wouldn't maybe expect that because you think right. oh, there must be more people if you're living out in the middle of nowhere who are doing homesteading. And then also, if you live, you know, in the, the city, then you probably wouldn't expect to find as many homesteaders in the cities. So I think it's a very common problem with the homesteading community is being able to find others that are doing the homestead lifestyle and not just growing a garden, though that is wonderful that there are people who are growing a garden. But just because someone gardens doesn't mean they understand the full lifestyle that we're trying to produce for ourselves. Right, right. And I think as well, um, because not everybody in the homestead documentary is um, doing everything, but I think that's what they're working towards. Um, And so even if it's someone who has just started with the garden and they've started, um, you know, with layers, um, the next thing is that they're wanting to to get into um, harvesting chickens. And so um, it was really just a place where (laughs) I could bring together all the knowledge in one place. Um, and then as it grew out of that, other people were able to connect with uh, different homesteads that they d- didn't necessarily knew, um, know existed. Um, and I think a few people have even found people who are quite local to them. Um, you know, it's always really exciting when someone on social media finds that they uh, live close. Actually, um, just as an aside, uh, we connected with White House on the Hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, HOA and we're going down to see them um, on the 20th of November. So for us, I was like, oh my goodness, I didn't know you were in Missouri. And they were like, oh my goodness, we need help because we're getting horses. And so that's the kind of thing that um, I'm excited that the Homestead documentary can facilitate as well. Yeah. I actually have my own story of that because Portage View Farms. Yes. Yes. They're only like an hour and a half from me. And so we, um, it was so funny. They were at HOA, but I only saw it because of their Instagram later. Like neither of us realized the other was there in person. Oh, awesome. I Uh, love Kay and Jordan. They're so fun. Yeah, I'm completely enjoying them, but it's exciting because we're going to get together. I'm going to go out to their farm after the first of the year. We tried to coordinate it before the holidays, but it just wasn't working with the different schedules. So I'm excited because, yeah, incidentally, I found another homesteader that is close to me that I don't know about as well. So I'm loving to hear that that's happening for other people. So, So for the Homestead Documentary Project, then who is it for and who does it serve? you know, what, what can people expect to learn from it other than obviously seeing other homesteaders and how they're doing things. But have you noticed any uh, kind of commonality things that, that people are really picking up? Yeah. So each season has a, has a theme. Um, so the first, the, the first season was um, how people are, are making money on a homestead. Um, and then the second season uh, we are producing now, and that is um, areas of homesteading passion. Um, and, and some of the things that have come out of that is, um, for example, people have found other people in the same niche. So as you know, under homesteading, there are people who are um, hugely into uh, maybe uh, milking goats and Nigerian dwarfs and breeding goats, or there's people into chickens or people are huge into preserving. And so in season two, what I've tried to do is pull out the main area of the different homestead stories um, that focus on the niche or the particular skill that that homesteading family is passionate about. And so in every episode, it weaves together the lives of two to three homesteaders who are doing similar type of um, homesteading 
in that way so that hopefully people who are specifically interested in one of those um, topics can then find <laughs> their people within the people, um, if you know what I mean. So that's one of the ways that um, I think it has helped. Um, and then we've, we've also started to attract names uh, of, of sponsors and brands and been asked to do some product reviews. So I'm hoping that that, that will be useful as a sort of a community resource. And then, um, and then there's a, a bigger sort of overarching theme that the project addresses. And, and this is a thing that I call the homestead conundrum. It's a, it's a phrase that I made up, but it, to me, it has a meaning. I can explain that for you. Yeah, I'm like, okay, you have to tell me now what it means. <laughs> so what, what is the homestead conundrum? Well, just as it sounds, I find myself, I found myself sat um, with a, a sort of a puzzle or, or problem um, when, when we started out. And as I started to talk to other homesteads, I realized that it was actually in the backdrop of quite a few um, other homesteads um, that I came across. Well, actually, I would say it was more the rule than the exception. Um, and I, I wrote a, a book called um, Passion to Profit to basically sort of address this struggle that, that we were facing um, and it was that I needed um, my husband to be here full time. But when you're starting your homestead, there's obviously a lot of infrastructure to build. There is costs. The problem was, is that if he was going to be gone to work, then I was going to be here sort of by myself um, trying to, to get the homestead up and, and running. So it was in, in most families, what the conundrum looks like is that the husband is having to leave the homestead to earn an income to sustain the homestead. But of course, it's not ideal because you need as many hands on deck on the homestead um, as you can get. So what it was, what the problem that I was trying to um, figure out was how we could bring my husband home so that we could, you know, he wouldn't have to go off the homestead to, to work, to pay for the homestead, if, if that made sense. And I think that there's a time of, of transition there, but I think there's ways to, to work around it. I mean, if you're, if you're running a budget, there's two things you can do. You can either spend less, um, and I think most homesteaders are very good at being frugal, but then the other thing you can do is to learn how to become more profitable. And so one of the things that I wanted to focus on in season one was to help others learn how to be more profitable by speaking to a whole range of different homesteaders and finding out, well, what is it that you're doing to bring in extra income on your homestead? Um, and, and I didn't want to then feel like I was saying to people, you have to do all of these different things. It was really about finding what people are already skilled and talented at and seeing how they could repurpose and repackage it into making what they were already doing more profitable. Um, so just to go on into where that sort of led me to in episode 10 of the first season, I, I sort of took a deeper dive into the idea of online work of homesteading. Um, so looking at homesteaders who run blogs, who build digital products, who are creating digital courses and, and downloadables, because I thought what all of these homesteaders that I found online have in common is they're producing the most incredible content on what they're passionate about. And that content, as you 
probably know, Melissa, it takes hours <laughs> and hours of work. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, largely, a lot of the people were not making any return on this time they were investing into having a social presence. And in fact, some were actually suffering from this problem. I find it very fascinating, Carrie. It's so funny. I was actually just thinking about this yesterday with the homestead and frugality. I'll spit that word out. And the need when you need more money. And you're right. Homesteaders by nature are quite frugal. And really the homesteaders of old, well, when I look back and say of old, my dad was born in the 1930s. So he was a small child during the Great Depression. But mm. when they got out of the Great Depression, so into the 1940s, when uh, you know he was an older child, it really didn't change their way of life. They pretty much, they produced all of their food. My grandfather off of the homestead even back then but really they lived the homesteading lifestyle because that was the that was the way that they could feed themselves it, it mm -hmm. truly was a survival thing and so it's been interesting to kind of look at that evolution i would say like just within my own family so that's my own context and what i've been able, what i have seen through the generations and whatnot because most of the old timers we call them around here mm -hmm. um you know, they live that lifestyle because they didn't have the money they had to or they wouldn't mm. be able to feed their families. Right. And so it's it's very interesting. And I don't mean this in a judgment way at all. This is just purely from just looking at, at data, you know, mm -hmm. and in different situations that now a lot of people are feeling that they can't homestead unless they do have a lot of money. And that doesn't mean that anybody's coming at this wrong or right. That's not mm -hmm. I want to just make very clear that's mm -hmm. not what I'm saying. And also like my husband and I both worked full-time off the homestead for the first 18 years that we were homesteading. So I completely get where that is. And you do reach a spot. I remember this very clearly. We reached a spot with where we were at and medical bills from different things. And it was like, I, there was no more room in the budget. <laughs> like there, there was no room to cut out. Like, you know, it, it wasn't like we were, you know, or like, you know, a big expense. It wasn't like right. we were living frivolously where you could cut expenses. We were just to where it was. And it was that, and that was it is, is we had to earn more. And that's the, the way we were actually able to crawl out of that debt and then be in the position that we are now where my husband actually still does work a day job. We're 22 years in a homesteading and he still does work off the homestead. Um, right. I am at home now still working from the homestead. So I just kind of share that because I'm with you and I, I'm not sure if it's because one of the beautiful things about social media is we are able to connect with one another. But I think mm. one of the pitfalls is we also see someone's middle or end or, you know, their homesteading journey where they've been doing it for years. And when we're first starting, I sometimes feel that the expectation is wrong for when you're at a beginner. And this can be said of anything in life and, and with social media, you know, it could be your, your business or whatnot. But I think sometimes we get this expectation of, of our beginning should look like someone else's middle or their end. And I'm not the first person who's coined that by any means. But right. I think even with homesteading that we run into that and myself included, like we don't have a barn. And sometimes I look at other people's infrastructure and I'm like, oh, man, and I've been doing <laughs> it for 20 years. So right. I think it's very normal. But I'm really glad that you are honing in on the profit part, mm. because I feel like when people get stuck in in that spot where they really can't trim any more fat there's no more fat to be trimmed from the budget right. and then you see people get stuck there and they don't know the profit part or they maybe can't see the plan 
Mm. or just they just need some help. And so tell mm. me more about the passion of profit because that's actually a big, I have a huge heart for that because I've mm. seen so many, so many folks who get stuck there and it, they mm. feel like they never get out or above it. Mm. Well, thank you. And, and yes, um, I, I hear everything that you say uh, resonates with me um, because we, we are walking through it. And I think that's one thing that you, you talk about the pros and cons of, uh, of social media um, and so what I was trying to do with the Homestead documentary was to tell the real life stories, you know, where are you really at? How are you really making it work so that we're not just kind of like lulled into thinking, well, everyone else has got it sorted. Why haven't I? But the other thing about the time that you spend on social media is that, you know, like, you know, me and, me and my husband had a very frank conversation. Well, if you're going to invest this time, it's essentially working but so it needs to make a return on your, you know, investment of time. Mm-hmm. Um, so in uh, episode 10 of season one, I sort of took a deep dive into online work of homesteading. Um, so that's the creating content, the people who are running blogs, who are building digital products, who are creating digital uh, courses and download, downloadables to basically teach other people how to do um, what they're doing. Um, and I don't think that there's anything wrong with that, but I think that it's under um, it, it's underdone. Um, I, I've heard a lot of people say, "Well, you know, somebody's already produced a a, a course on how to raise chickens, or somebody is already um, showing other people how to grow tomatoes." And so, why would they want to learn from me? Um, and this is what I address in in the episode. Um, people produce the most incredible content on what they're passionate about. And as we're uh, looking in season two, there's so many different passions and each person has a different network of, of people. And I think that you can, you learn different things from, from different people. Um, and so when I've seen people who are creating like amazing content, um, which clearly must be taking them hours of work, um, I, I want to ask, well, how are you, you know, monetizing it? How, how are you making it, it work for you? Um, uh, because I think that that's a it's a very real thing that we have today in this era of the digital age, and I I I say modern day homesteading, and I think the difference between the old timers that you talked about and you know what we have is we have access to the internet, um, and I I don't I don't agree with this um, idea that well you're not off grid if you're online and and those kind of oh amen um, sis amen (laughs) right (laughs) yes um because why shouldn't we leverage what the the rest of the world is leveraging to um you know we're showcasing giving people a beautiful window into our lives and and people should be earning an income from that so you know because i think that that social media can also be that dark hole and you can produce and produce and produce content which other people um you know they they eat it up but then that sort of leaves you with nothing, feeling like you spent all of this time, and and it, and it results in burnout and discouragement. I've I've had conversations with homesteaders behind the scenes who are like, oh, I just feel like giving it all up, um, you know, because they they feel like they're pouring their heart and soul into showing other people what they do, but they're not getting any return on on their investment, and and so that's where I wanted to bring sort of my talents to the table in terms of my entrepreneurial background and start to help people learn how to turn their passion into a profit and and put some coals on the fire that way. Yeah, I agree. And having been in the 
the digital aspect side um, for over 10 years now, there definitely is. It's also interesting to see the different sides of people with the free content versus paid. And you'll see some people who are want to support you so much like they they un, they realize the amount of work that's going into it and they realize the value that they get from consuming your content mm -hmm. and they are so happy to support you like in any way that they can and then you have people who think that you should always give everything for free and i always find that so interesting because mm -hmm. i'm like would you go to your job and clock in and work for eight hours and nobody should pay you for your time or anything that you're doing. And right. I think because it is online and there is so much that is given away for free. I think that people honestly don't understand that when the, when they're making those comments or, or putting that out there, I don't think that they really understand the, the amount of time that goes into right. producing the content because it is, it's hours and hours. And I actually reached that point too, where there was a year and it was, this is the year that either the online portion of the homestead business aspect, it either earns enough that I can quit my day job or I have to quit it and just do the, the day job with the homesteading because I can't do a home, I can't do a home online digital business, also work as a pharmacy tech and also run a fully function homestead. There's literally right. not enough hours in the right. day. Um, so yeah, so I, I, I have definitely been there um, as well. And, and I'm with you, there, there is courses and there are people putting stuff out, but everybody follows and finds the person that they resonate and they, and we all have different learning styles. Right. And so one online creator may really resonate with you. And right. so you want to go them, but then, you know, then there's, I guess what I'm saying is there's enough room at the table for everybody. Exactly. And I was floored, Melissa, when I started to listen to some internet marketers and just sort of, you know, bring myself up, up to speed with just how many people use, for example, YouTube or Instagram. And um, one of the things that I said in episode 10 is I think there's 2 billion users per month. And so even if you took like a 0.0000 percentage of that, imagine if you had a high street shop, 300 people a day came in to your high street shop to have a look at what you were selling. I mean, that would be a pretty good day of business, you know? Yeah. So I think we got to just think about in terms of like, you know, we think maybe that what we're doing is a small corner of the, the network, but it's probably a lot bigger than you actually think. Um, and so it's, uh, I think as we transition, um, and, and I, also I was going to say that with everybody sort of being stay at home uh, last year, more people sort of became aware of the ability to use online and be connected digitally. And, and I think that probably helped um, kickstart a lot of people who hadn't necessarily turned their full attention to learning about, um, you know, internet marketing and, and the digital age. So I think it's still evolving in, in some way. And maybe that's why there is a, um, a remnant of people who think that, well, all, everything online should be for free. Um, but I hope, hope that changes as, as it continues to evolve. Yeah, I, I think it will. I think it's a matter of, you know, like educating. And when, you know, if you've never done it or been around it, if you see a, you know, even a two minute video, you're like, well, that just took them like two minutes. That's how long the video is. And they have <laughs> right. like no idea the amount of work and the editing, like all the things that go into it. So I, 
I really do believe that for the main part, humanity and humans are good. They just yeah. don't understand certain things. And so, and so they say mm -hmm. things that they just come from a point of not true understanding yet. But um, so, right. so all of season one was about how people produce and providing and then profiting from the homestead life. Um, right. So now how do people, we've been talking about this, we haven't even got to this yet. Number one is how can people watch this and, and how would they access past seasons? So it's, and this is another place where I've been trying to sort out how I uh, facilitate it and, and make it available because we obviously need to pay for the making of the Homestead <laughs> documentary and to, to, you know, have the editing done. And in season one, I, I pretty much did it um, by myself. Um, I spent sort of 200 hours um, just on the editing part um, and it was all self-filmed and um, it, it, you know, it, it did way better than I, I thought it was, would do. And, and that was, um, it's on YouTube. So you can go to our YouTube channel, which is, the Little Pallet Farmhouse. So at the moment, uh, the Homestead documentary is sitting as a product underneath um, the Little Pallet Farmhouse, which is uh, where you'll find me on Instagram. So Homestead documentary has its own handle on Instagram, but at the moment, it's still underneath our uh, YouTube channel. It's not quite got its own arms and legs <laughs> yet. Um, we're sort of moving in that direction. And okay. uh, yeah, so they it's on YouTube if if you want to watch it and you can connect through either through Instagram or directly at you. If I think if you put in this, a search for the Homestead documentary, it'll come up, but it just doesn't have the URL uh, the Homestead documentary on YouTube. I'm sorry if that's confusing, but I okay. think no, that's okay. Might, and yeah. we'll we'll link guys in the blog post that accompanies this episode, which you will be able to find at melissknorris.com forward slash three. Two six, the number 326, because this is going to be episode number 326. Wow. We'll have specific links that you can go there and then and then look at season one and, and uh, Carrie's uh, the YouTube channel and the Instagram too to further connect. Um, and then speaking of, so that was season one, so you can get access to that. But did you, you recently Kickstarter for season two? So tell us a bit about season two and then the evolution of, you know, what the home, of the homestead documentary as you move into new seasons and it begins to grow. Right. Well, as I was saying, um, having sort of self-filmed, well, having self-produced season one and, and the content was all self-filmed, I was speaking to a friend of mine in Ireland who is in media and production. Um, and he was giving me some ideas about, you know, if I was going to take this forward, how to make it better and um, how to make it more quality so that uh, we could possibly even pitch it to a network. And, and you know, he sets these sites that are so big and I'm like, really? <laughs> could that really happen? But so he had sort of given me this idea of um, uh, doing a Kickstarter fundraiser. And now I know Justin Rhodes had done one back when he did the Great American Farm Tour. So I thought, well, you know, why not? We'll give it a, a, give it a shot. So for anyone who doesn't know, Kickstarter is basically a crowd funding platform like GoFundMe. Um, I think there's some others out there, but this Kickstarter is specifically for commercial creative projects. So it's not charity and, it, and, and most of the people who are on there are creating campaigns to launch um, an innovative product or um, a, yeah, a lot of uh, documentaries or short films. And so the way it works is that you set your fundraising goal 
And then people can pledge to support your project. So you have to put a lot of work in to build the campaign. You have to get it approved by Kickstarter. And then what happens is when people make a pledge, they don't, they don't spend any money unless the project meets its goal. Um, and only if it reaches its funding goal, um, then does the project go forward. So we had a goal of about 18,000, which is not much at all for um, you know, uh, producing I think most series costs like hundreds of thousands of dollars just for like a single episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, what we wanted to do um, as well is that if we raised more than our uh, target was to take any surplus money and see if we could sort of then sponsor a homestead to fund someone's uh, dream. Um, and so I, I ran a bit of a campaign on on Instagram about people getting involved to tell us what they're homestead dreams were. And that, that really brought the project to life because I realized how many homesteaders out there were interested in the documentary. But we didn't meet our goal. And although that might sound discouraging, it was a good learning curve because um, I think that you know, we just weren't ready to have enough of a crowd to, to, you know, to, to go to take that step. Um, But even with such a small audience, we still closed at 61% funded, which was a pretty good effort. And we actually even had one single person donated $10,000, which tells me (laughs) that someone out there really wanted to see it happen. Um, But what it also did is it it brought a lot of sponsors um, into the equation and people who had noticed it. So what it did do is it it helped create a lot of noise. And then um, some sponsors then sort of came alongside us um, for example, um, Homesteaders of America and Countryside Magazine, who actually supported us in, in season one. And, um, and so that's allowed us to still keep walking forward, um, but maybe just a little slower pace than we had originally planned. And I was going to say, I was going to tell you that, that we sort of had solved the problem because I'd been speaking to a media student in London um, and I had commissioned her to then go and do the editing for us. But unfortunately, she's had some bad health in, in her family. I think her father's in hospital. And so mm. um, it looks like she might not be able to do it. It looks like it might be back on my desk. Oh, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But season two is underway and it's due to be released early December. And we have 20 featured homesteaders who are going to be taking us behind the scenes of their homestead. So, you know, by hook or by crook, it'll happen. It might just not happen as quickly um, as we'd originally planned. But this season will be um, available for free again on our YouTube channel. Um, So that's how people can tune in. Okay. Um, And so I understand what Kickstarter is and I've seen it. But does that mean because you only closed at 61% funded that then you didn't get any of the funds? Is that correct? That's right. Yeah. So oh. <laughs> nobody, nobody. Okay. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. There's, there's, I love yeah. your silver lining though. And what you're seeing, <laughs> like I truly do, but I just want to make sure I was understanding that correctly. Cause I thought that's what you were, I thought that that's yeah. the case, but I was like, Oh, yeah. um, so, so the, yeah, the goal was to have it produced professionally. So, yeah. so that just means that it won't be produced by, so I, I have limited skills and limited resources and limited software. So our goal was to have someone who actually is, you know, in professional production and we just can't afford, you know, the kind of guy I, I spoke to um, a producer who Amy put me in touch with actually, um, and they're producing for Netflix and, uh, you know, PBS, but I mean, goodness, they're, they're way out of our league. 
at the moment. And, and so, you know, we just, we just continue to walk. Um, it's not a race and uh, we're growing support and yeah. So I'll look at that. You will. And because that's a really a homestead documentary, but it's also done by homesteaders. And that is how a homestead is built, right? Is, is right. you have something that comes up and it's a problem and you're like, okay, well, how can I solve this? And even if your first attempt isn't, you know, as successful as you would like, you learn from each step of the journey. And I don't think I would honestly want to be on a homestead where it was like you snap your fingers and everything was perfect because it's really the journey part and the learning part right. that is so important, even when it feels hard and when it feels super tough. And we don't want every single to be super tough and hard, but it's those hard, tough moments that you look back on that we really do learn the most from. And then we appreciate those good times. And I feel like that sounds like a little bit cliche, but it's honest to goodness, the truth. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So how can people support then the Homestead Documentary Project? Because right now you're able to watch it for free, which I have to say is incredible that you're doing two seasons. I know the amount of work that goes into creating videos. Um, and truly, Carrie, like that is so kind of you and shows the heart that's behind this project. But for those who are in a position to support, is there any way to offer support to this? Well, I've always got my ears to, ground, to the ground and it's amazing to make you know, connections with people um, like yourself who do have um, a profile and can help you know, spread the word. And I'm also always looking out for other homesteaders that I can you know, share stories of I've got my sights set on a few more notable homesteaders as well, which I think will help raise the profile for the homestead documentary. But just so as a back to a grassroots um, level, the way people can support us is to watch it. Because I know that sounds weird, <laughs> but as you know, um, when YouTube finds out that people are commenting and liking the content and, and spending time watching it, then that indicates to the algorithm that the content is great. And then it gets shared more. And that's how our audience um, can grow. Um, but if somebody is wanting to support financially um, or have a bit of uh, real estate of the Homestead documentary, we've got T-shirts which are available. And that's at uh, homesteaddocumentary.com. We only make $7 for those shirts from those shirts. Um, I would never sell a T-shirt at, you know, I think, I don't know if it's $25 or $30, but we just make a small portion. Um, but that, that, you know, the more people that buy a T-shirt, the more that that facilitates us uh, moving forward in the future. I mean, ultimately, I would love to be able to do something as exciting as hire a, a camera guy to go to somebody's homestead and record their story, you know, um, professionally in person. So that's a direction that I would like to, um, to move towards. But um, as we've said, it, it takes you know, funding to do that. So, um, and if there's companies that are listening to um, your podcast who, you know, want to partner with us, then I'm available on email and that's at homesteaddocumentary at gmail.com. Awesome. Well, I am super excited now that I got to learn kind of more of like the behind the, behind the scenes and to be able to support, like to support this because I think as homesteaders, a lot of us, which is really funny, like a lot of us probably don't watch a ton of TV, but there's in the evening or, you know, during the winter months when you have a little bit more downtime as a homesteader, depending on, on your climate and whatnot, you know, there are times when we do want to watch stuff on TV, but as a homesteader, there's very little on TV 
that I want to consume. (laughs) I mean, truly. And so knowing that there's options like this, the more that we can support them, then the more that that's going to be available and also help move the movement of homesteading forward and into making it more more mainstream. And even if someone doesn't decide to become on a full-on homesteader, that hopefully that they will take away bits and pieces that they will plug into their life to make it better than it is at the, you know, the specific moment in time. So anyways, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing with us. And we will definitely have links and, and allowing us to help get the word out and to support it. And just for, you know, for, for running with a project that you're leading with your heart like this, because it, it is a huge undertaking. So thank you for that and able to be a part of it. Thank you, Melissa. It's been a joy to connect with you and to be here today. I hope that you enjoyed that episode as much as I did and look forward to viewing season two with you. Thank you so much for listening and we will be back here next week with another exciting episode. Blessings and mason jars for now, my friends. Thank you.